Hey everybody, this is Mark. Welcome to another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. What you doing here? Don't you have practice? Not anymore, I quit. Oh. Well, since when are you the quitting kind? I want to do something big and something important. I'm not like you. I'm nothing. Just let me be nothing. So where does the power come from to see the race to its end? I believe God made me for a purpose. If you commit yourself to the love of Christ, then that is how you run a straight race. Run in God's name and let the world stand back in wonder. Welcome. Was it as easy as it looked? No, sir. No, no, sir, it wasn't. Well, hey, everybody, it is Friday, and that means it's time for another episode of this Poor Pastors podcast. I've had a busy week this week, with it being spring break for my kids. Um, we spent some time on Tuesday. We took them down to the coast and climbed on the rocks. The uh, rocky coastline here in New England is my favorite. I prefer it, actually, to the beaches in Georgia or North Carolina, South Carolina, even Florida with their white sandy beaches. I love the Rocky Main Coast, mostly because I'm not really into salt water swimming. So I just like to look at it. It's pretty, but I don't want to get in it. Anyway, I'm going to do a follow-up episode and then actually a third part of it next Monday on the topic of missions and missionaries. Today we're going to talk about maintaining a good relationship with our missionaries. A little bit about money, a little bit about other things. That's what we're going to cover in this episode. So um, I wanted to just dive right into it there. I noticed that I did just kind of dive right into it, but um, that's all right. It's Friday. You've got other things to do, so here we go. In the last episode, I talked about the various methods that I have seen uh, for supporting uh, global the work of global missions or even home missions. You know, we have one of our missionaries, for example, in uh, downtown New York, um, serving the King of Kings in the Heart of Queens, uh, David Tinsley, and they do open air evangelism in the subways and on the sidewalks, and they do a food bank ministry. Very, very. Uh, profitable missionaries, very dedicated, and honestly, you talk about nerves, boy, to go and do um, do open air evangelism in the subways and on the uh, uh, sidewalks in Queens and downtown New York. My goodness, that takes some courage. So uh, I'm glad that we can support the Tinsleys. They're not in a foreign country, but they are definitely worthy uh, of our support. And I'm glad that we can do that. But so whether it's global missions or home missions, we talked about some different ways. There's the cooperative missions program, like is used, for example, in the Southern Baptist Church. Now, I've never personally um, been involved in that, but I, I have some friends who are. Uh, a lot of people don't like it, especially if they don't happen to be Southern Baptists. I know some Southern Baptists that don't like it, but it's a way. It, uh, it's a way to support missions. Then there's the Faith Promise Missions model, which is very popular um, uh, among uh, the independent Baptist churches, and some outside of independent Baptist churches. I, I know of other churches that use a model. They don't call it Faith Promise, but it's a, a similar type of, of model, above tithes and offerings giving. 
Then there's the model that we use here, and there are variations on it, but the model where we give a percentage of all the money that is given, um, that is non-designated. So by that, I mean, we have a building fund right now. We don't always have a building fund, but we do currently. And so we don't uh, take 27 cents of the money that's, that's designated for building fund and give it to missions. But the money that just comes in, general tithes and offerings, um, uh, undesignated funds that come in, just every dollar that's put in the plate, whatever, 27 uh, cents on every dollar at the end of that month is divided up among 12 slots and sent out to our missionaries. So we don't support 50 and 60 and 100 missionaries. Um, we, we have fewer missionaries, but we support them at a higher percentage or a higher monthly um, support level. And for a church our size, definitely, you know, an average uh, Sunday of 65, 70 people, uh, evening services down in the high 30s and uh, 40s, um, and same for Wednesday, but uh, we send our missionaries support ranging from two to three hundred dollars a month, and I I think that's I think that's uh, respectable, and I'm glad that we can do that. Would love to do more, but so there are many different ways, uh, and I don't think there's any one given way. As long as each church is involved in supporting their missionaries, then I think that's fulfilling the the biblical model. However. I, th I do think it's important for us to try to find a model that gets the most money directly to the missionaries, and this might be a complaint that some people have with the cooperative model, but it's also a complaint that can arise when you're dealing with certain missions boards that take a percentage off the top for their overhead. I was talking to a gentleman this week whose, whose ministry I'm going to start supporting personally, um, and I asked him, I said, what percentage of the donations go directly to your missions projects? And he said, 100%. I don't take anything off of it. Um, I mean, this is a, this is a, a 501c3. Um, he has a board, and he said, I don't take anything off the top of it. 100% of it goes to the work. And so I like that. I'd like to know that everything I give. But it is a necessary evil. Sometimes um, we, we, we give and not 100% of our income goes to that. Um, but anyway, so there are lots of different options to talk about uh, and to consider as your church is, is involved in missions. But I hope you're involved in at least some form of monthly financial support for missionaries. And I think you have to base it on, on your church and on what you're able to do. But certainly, I think each church should be involved in it. So we talked about those various various methods and um, didn't have a huge amount of uh, downloads in comparison to other um, episodes, partly because I think this is not as uh, juicy of a topic as some other topics, uh, but I still want to cover it because it, uh, churches and pastors of small churches, this issue of missions is something that we that we need to address. In this episode, though, I want to get a little bit more into detail about the money and the relationships and how I view the monetary issues surrounding mission support and just our relationship with missionaries in general. First, I want to say uncategorically, I love missionaries. I really do. Truly, they are some of my favorite people in the family of God. Both churches that I have pastored, I have tried to make it a an emphasis that we are going to love missionaries and treat them uh, generously because they are good, godly people. As a general rule, they are humble, kind, generous, sacrificial, and dedicated individuals. Right? Many of them live for years in third world countries, deprived of the comforts that I, as an American pastor, take for granted. They often struggle with everyday issues like clean water, 
safety, physical safety for themselves and their families, homesickness, actual sickness, visas and endless government paperwork, and at times, extreme loneliness and isolation. Many times, they face inadequate funding, diminishing support from U.S. churches, and support that is hit or miss. Uh, They have to learn a new language, a new culture, and a new ecosystem. And all the time that they're doing that, they're expected to maintain a steady stream of monthly support letters to churches that want to hear exciting reports of multitudes in the far-off lands being evangelized on a daily basis. Now, sadly, some missionaries succumb to the pressure of these reports, and they begin to get creative in the writing of these letters, because they know people want to hear exciting things. Missionaries sometimes struggle to fight off bitterness, recognizing that if the churches who demand monthly letters from them were required to write monthly reports of their own progress, they would have little or nothing to write for months at a time. And when I say they, I mean we. Seriously, I cannot imagine, though it's something I'm considering doing, um, and I'm working on it, uh, to start uh, a monthly or bi-monthly update from our church to the missionaries we support, just so that they know what's going on here. Because we require, I say we, again, churches, we as churches require missionaries to uh, tell us uh, what they're doing because we're sending them money, and yet we never communicate with them or rarely communicate with them. And so I think missionaries struggle recognizing, look, if the churches that are supporting me, they've been in our churches, right? They know us. If we, if we had to write letters to justify our existence on a monthly basis, it'd be tough to do. Many of us would have to close down. But with all of these struggles and many more, I have rarely met missionaries who were anything but gracious people. They bend over backward to answer the most invasive, inane, arrogant questionnaires from churches in the hopes that they might, in the end, receive the promise of 25 bucks a month from that church. Most Christians pay four times that amount to their cell phone provider, and they don't even bother to ask a tenth of the questions. But when it comes to the Lord's money, well, honey, you better believe that we're going to watch that like a hawk. And we should, but I think there's some hypocrisy in, in, in play here. Missionaries travel around the country in some cases for years, trying to raise support to get to the country they are called to. They are expected to put on a show in many of these churches. Can you play any instruments? Does your wife play the piano? Can your kids sing special music? Can you entertain us for a bit while we examine your worthiness to partake in our piddling support? I don't know how missionaries do it. There was a time when my wife and I prayed about going into missions, but honestly, I couldn't handle the idea of playing politics in so many different churches. It would have destroyed me. These poor missionaries just want to get to the field to win people to Christ, but they have to navigate the minefields of camps and fellowships, nuanced positions on the Bible, eschatology, dress standards, etc., etc., etc. A missionary might be in five churches a month and have to massage the ego of five different kinds of pastors and congregations, only to be told in the end, sorry, we just don't feel led to take you on for support. 
it is enough to drive a person to despair. And in some cases, it does. Now, I certainly don't claim that we do it all correctly. We're constantly trying to reassess our program. But I do have some thoughts that I want to share regarding this relationship between a missionary and the supporting church, mostly because missionaries aren't going to say some of these things. So I want to say it for them. Not assuming to speak on their behalf, but I want to say some of the things that I know some missionaries are thinking, but they would never say for fear of losing support. And I'm telling you that right up front, so you can feel free to ignore it. These are just my opinions. Here are some thoughts in relation to maintaining a relationship with our missionaries and the financial side of it as well. One, stop acting like we own a missionary just because we give them less money a month than we pay for our cell phone bill. Seriously, some churches act like they own a missionary because they give them $100 or less per month. We are partnering with them, but we are not their Lord and Master. They have a Lord and Master, and it's not us. And in most cases, they also have a sending church or a missions board that they answer to. We just have the privilege of participating in that. But the amount, the amount of money I give to a missionary, if they are not from our church and underneath our sending authority, I don't think I have any right to act like they owe me allegiance or, or, or anything. Now, nobody has to agree with that, but honestly, some pastors and churches take such a exalted view of their, of their own authority in a missionary's life simply because they give them less money, again, than they, send, than they spend on their cell phone, on their cable, on their different streaming services. Many people listening to this program spend more money on the streaming services that you subscribe to each month than your entire church sends to a given missionary, and yet you act like you own the missionary, but you won't stop watching Netflix even when they put on content that you don't agree with. Right? I mean, am I wrong? I could be. It's always possible. It's often likely. But... Just please, for the sake of the missionaries, stop acting like you own them because of the little amount. It is a privilege to be able to participate. If you think they're worthy of support, then support them. But that support should not come with a collar and a chain. Number two, when we bring a missionary into our church, endeavor to make it a positive experience for the missionary rather than expecting them to make it a positive experience for us. Try as much as possible not to make the missionary feel like they are having to perform and we're rating their performance to determine whether we're going to take them on. Yes, there is a certain amount of evaluation that's taking place, but I want to be a blessing to this missionary family. We can do things like uh, do something, if they have kids and you find that they have kids, have some gifts prepared or do something nice for the kids while they were there. Missionaries' kids... Um, there was a song that we used to sing in our missions conferences when my dad was a pastor. I'm a missionary's kid, and sometimes it makes me sad when I travel all the time or have to be without my dad, right? It, it, missionaries' kids are like military kids in a, lot of, in a lot of ways. They travel around all the time, months at a time, staying in different places. Do something nice for the kids. Uh, I remember when we were in North Carolina... We would have missionaries come through. We would take the families down to a fudge shop that was on the that was on the beach on Topsail Island, 
and we would we would take them in and we would tell them it's on us you can buy whatever kind of fudge you want it's a small thing but do something nice for the kids recognize the wife with a gift basket you know a lot of times the wives get ignored don't ignore the wife she is every bit as important as that as that fella in the missions program and take good care of her encourage her uh, have the ladies of the church just surround her with some love don't smother her but uh, recognize them with a nice gift basket um number 3 or third in my list make sure that if you invite them to come pay their travel expenses and give them a love offering i don't want missionaries to come to my church as a zero sum game so I, if I've asked them to come or I've agreed to have them come, I want to pay their way there and give them a love offering on top of that to, to see them on their way. Missionaries have bills too, right? And I just want to make it a positive experience for them. Next, let them know up front. By up front, I mean before they even come. Let them know up front if you're in a position to take on a missionary for support. And what that process looks like. Now, I rarely have a missionary come in that we don't support if we're not looking to take a missionary on for support. But if I do, I let them know that right up front. Look, I want you to know there's no opportunity right now for us to take you on for support. I cannot make that commitment to you. But we will take good care of you while you're here. Um, you'll get a love offering, right? But it takes missionaries long enough to get support. I don't want them to waste a week in our church if there's no opportunity for us to take them on for monthly support. So just let them know up front. They may still choose to come, and you may still want to have them, but they should know. They should also know what the process looks like. Are you going to vote on them while they're there? Some churches do that. Are you going to vote on them at a, at a monthly business meeting, or is or, or do you uh, reserve those things for your annual business meeting, or what? Just let them know the support. You'd be surprised. All different kinds of churches do it all different kinds of ways. So let them know what to expect. You don't want them leaving wondering, did I blow it? They didn't say anything about support. Don't say, we'll, we'll let you know, brother. Let them know up front, here's what you can expect. I mean, be reasonable about it and put yourself in their shoes. Let them know. Don't be afraid to talk about the money with them. The reason missionaries come to your church is for money. They need support. They're not traveling for their health. So let them know up front so that they can make make uh, make preparations or make plans or maybe even say, look, it's just not. Let, if it's okay with you, we'd like to just um, seek out meetings that have the potential for taking us on for support. I have no problem with that. That's fine. I want to let them know up front. Next, do not require them to put on a show for you. Oh. Missionary families are amazing people, but not all of them are musical. Not all of them have lots of talent. Some of them just love the Lord and want to serve Him. Don't make them perform. Give them an opportunity. If they want to be a blessing, let them be a blessing. Um, but don't make them feel like they have to perform or put on a show for you. Next, try to find time to sit down over a meal or two or three with individual church members along with the missionaries. Encourage people to have missionaries in their home or have a church meal where people can sit down and talk to the missionaries. You'll, know, you'll, find, more, you'll find out more about a missionary in a 60-minute meal than you will in a 15-minute presentation. All right, So try to find time to do that. Again, we're trying to make it a positive experience. And this one you can take or leave more than all the others, but consider supporting fewer missionaries but at a higher monthly level. I tell people, look, we don't take on as many missionaries because the ones we take on, we intend to take on for the long haul, and we support our missionaries at a substantial amount 
for a church of our size. Right? And so I, I like knowing that the support we send to our missionaries is making a significant difference in their ministries. Um, but you can do it any way you want to do it. Um, so that's just all underneath when you bring a missionary into your church. So uh, big number three underneath that, if you take a missionary on for support, all right, if you do, recognize that communication goes both ways. Don't demand a monthly prayer letter if you're never going to communicate with them in return. Oh, wait, let me go back for a moment to the thing about not requiring them to put on a show for you. I once worked for a pastor who, when a missionary would come in, he would take the missionary man into the, into the dark sanctuary and sit down and tell the missionary, pray. And he would make the missionary pray out loud in front of the pastor for an hour while the pastor evaluated whether this missionary knew how to pray or not. I can't think of anything more arrogant than that. And, and missionaries put up with a lot, but I don't know how every missionary that he did that to, which is why I didn't work for him very long, um, why every missionary he did that to didn't just get up and leave. I mean, you, missionaries should not get put in those kinds of positions. But those are the thing, those are that's the kind of things that missionaries sometimes face when they go into churches. They never know what they're going to experience. I want them to have a positive experience when they come to our church. So if you take a missionary on for support, recognize that communication goes both ways. Don't demand a monthly prayer letter from them if you're never going to communicate with them in return. Or if the place they're going is such that not enough is going to happen in 30 days to make them. Let them know, look, we don't, we're not requiring a monthly letter. You don't have to make stuff up. Just tell us how we can pray for you. Tell us the things that are encouraging you. Tell us the things that are discouraging you. Uh, tell us what your goals are, the things that you're working on. You don't have to make it uh, exciting. We just want to know what's going on so that we can pray for you and to know how we can continue to partner with you. But um, but make sure that we do, and we need to do a better job of this, I think, of communicating with our missionaries. I'm feeling convicted about it even right here as I'm talking to you. Number four, relieve missionaries of the burden of thinking you require monthly powerhouse updates. Because depending on the field, things might not go that quickly. I'm going to just pass over that because I kind of put that in with number three already. Number five, make your intentions clear as well as your expectations. But remember, don't act as if they answer to you. What I mean is make your intentions clear. When we take a missionary on for support, we intend to continue to support them uh, in perpetuity. Even when they retire, as I said, if they've been faithful on the field and they're there for 20 or 30 years, as long as I'm the pastor, if they in retirement, we're going to continue to support them. They're worthy of it. They, they labored. We're not just going to drop them. Most missionaries don't leave the field with thousands of dollars in the bank for retirement. The workman is worthy of his reward. But also let them know your ex expectations. If they're going to come home from the field for two years and get a job, I've had missionaries um, send us a letter. I've had, um, how can I say this? I've had missionaries send us letters letting us know that for the last two years, they've secretly been working for a church, but they've been home from the field and didn't want to tell anybody. That's dishonest. Not, most missionaries don't do that, but some have. Um, I, just, if a missionary changes from one field to the next, 
We expect them to let us know, and we will consider whether our support will transition with them, because we took them on for a specific ministry. If they're going to change that ministry, then we reserve the right uh, to... And if they don't let us know about it, then we're just going to view that as they're saying they no longer need our support. Again, that's not saying we own them. That's saying that we're supporting your ministry. If your ministry is going to change, or you're going to change fields, you need to let us know, and then we will reassess whether or not we would like to continue to support you in your new endeavor, okay? Um, So just let them know that up front. Have a conversation about them. Talk to them about the money. Missionaries often come in and say, we don't need your money, we just need your prayers. It's not true. They need your money, okay? Missionaries come through because they need money. I tell that to our church. I say it in front of the missionaries. It's not a secret. I just want to put it on the table. We all know that's why they're there. And that's, not, that's okay. They need money. They can't get to the field on prayers. They can only get to the field with money. That's why they're there. It's not wrong for them to be there for that purpose. I want to talk to missionaries about money. I want to take away the stigma. I want to take away the awkwardness of it. Let's just talk about it so that they know right up front. Um, number six, consider Christmas, birthdays, and other times when you can take up a special offering for a missionary and send it to them just for the sole purpose of encouraging them. Boy, that would be so beneficial to missionaries, just to, they get a random uh, uh, check in their, in their support for some extra money, or bless them at Christmas time or on their birthdays. Uh, this year, we don't do the same thing every year, but this year we're doing a missionary of the month, and at the end of the month, our, our folks, are uh, we take up a special offering to be added to the missionary's monthly support. Last month, our special offering was nearly $1,000 that our folks took up on a given Sunday to give to those missionaries, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm, I guarantee the missionary was. Listen, most missionaries are excellent people. They are the cream of the crop as far as I'm concerned. We should be doing what we can to bring them on their journey, partnering with them in the gospel, and hopefully sharing in the reward. It takes a long time to get a missionary to the field. We should endeavor to do our part to help them stay there as long as possible. Now, I know that I've given, that I've kind of given missionaries a pass here, so in the next episode, I'm going to talk about some things that would be nice for missionaries to remember as they go from church to church. Just some feedback I have after 16 years of pastoring and dealing with missionaries on deputation. I hope you found this helpful. Maybe it has generated some questions. If so, please feel free to email me, thispoorpastor at gmail.com. And... I hope that you'll join me again Monday for another episode of this Poor Pastors Podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.